this is Wicked Spursy. Mike, Steve, and Dave. Boys, how you doing? Listeners, how you doing? Mike, what's going on? You know, um, I was off at, uh, it's a funny story. Uh, since, you know. How funny is it? <laughs> how funny is it? Uh, I was off at my daughter's um, volleyball game today. She played at Vermont Common School. Uh, most people obviously don't know that it's a private, it's a private school. Um, it's progressive, very progressive, very liberal private school. Um, so, you know, right off the bat, when I got there, I was like, Oh, every car has got a Bernie sticker or an Elizabeth Warren sticker. I know where I'm at. Uh, these are my people. Um, and of course I, I walk in and there's a dude with dreadlocks and every kid, every kid there on the opposing volleyball team, uh, had different color hair or like they were all very unique kids. And and uh, I, I got to say that, like, the crazy thing about it is that they're all so happy and optimistic and, like, they're the, the most intensely happy people, uh, children that I've ever seen in my life. And they, it didn't matter whether they were scoring points or not. They just didn't – it didn't bother them. Uh, you know, they, they were just intensely happy. But they're all great athletes. And it was just fun to watch. Um, but the real funny thing about it is that um, – my favorite band is Fish, right? Really? Yeah. We've talked about Never this. would have guessed. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so I'm sitting there talking to Amy and while well, we're waiting for the game to start and uh, we're making- Are you some, sure it's not Huey Lewis? We're making some jokes. It's not Huey Lewis, but I do love <laughs> Huey Lewis too. Um, Actually, it's Making some jokes. And I said, and I said, <laughs> oh, there's Mike Gordon. And she goes, okay, yeah, cool. And I was like, no, he's standing right there. And I was like, uh, immediately, like, I get like a uh, teenager, Your teenager at a boy band concert, you know. Uh, Steve, now we know why we're late starting the pod tonight. Mike was fanboying out with. with uh, what's really crazy is that, like, I took a picture of him. I kind of sniped a picture of him and then and then uh, sent it to my buddies and uh, they all got a kick out of it. And then while I was texting it to my buddies, this picture that I had taken of him you know, kind of creepily. He sat right down next to me. Nice. Right, right fucking next to me. Guess how many words I said to him the entire time? Uh, zero. Two. Two. Hey, hey Mike. man. Hey, Mike. There you go. You know what you should have done, Mike? You got to break, break the ice with like, dude, busted. Like, I le- legitimately took this shady picture of you was sent to, to my friends. I'm so embarrassed. What's up, Mike? I'm Mike. Like, that's how you make it happen. You could be at his Christmas party if you would handle that properly. But instead, you're just the the weird dude that was saying I've been to parties. I've been to parties at his house when he wasn't there. That's classy. <laughs> Does anybody was, else know you were there? Yes, his, 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 <laughs> his drummers, his drummer uh, for his solo band uh, actually um, dated one of the nurses that I worked with, so... <laughs> Yeah. So it wasn't really a party. It was, they were small get togethers. Just a soiree. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, nice. that, that's my story about that. But other than that, like a uh, great weekend, uh, the boy had soccer tournaments uh, in, uh, in Massachusetts and um, individually he killed it um, as a team. These kids, like they put together some great halves of football, much like our favorite uh, um, professional soccer team great halves of football and um they couldn't really put together the full the full package uh but it was great to get these kids out outdoors and they would see what they could do on and this is like the year where they start playing on the bigger field uh mm-hmm. the 9v9 field and it was great to see how their learning of like patterns of playing the dutch style of playing uh soccer um is kind of developing uh, from from the uh, from the back out, right? Um, from the bottom up, but it, it, it's really neat and how they're like learning to use those patterns of play and watching the the game beforehand 
it was like, holy shit, how are we going to compete with these with these teams? Well, well, when one style meets another style, things completely change. Like the other teams didn't understand that we were being physical, that we were passing the ball all over the fucking place. And it was a little bit different. And defensively, we 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 just kind of suffocated these teams. Um, but it was fun. It was really fun. And I got to do one of my favorite things to do on the interstate on the way home. When everybody, what, Mike? When, when everybody went to sleep in the car, I drove like a race car driver. Uh, I drove very meaning. fast, meaning <laughs> I was hugging. I was hugging the, cur- the, the inside corners. With your was, wife and ch- with your wife and children in the car. Oh, oh yeah, 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 a hundred percent. I was hugging those inside corners <clears throat> and coming back around and uh, pretending pretending that I had a guy in my ear uh, every time I came upon a car that was saying overtake, overtake, overtake. You're doing great, mate. <laughs> push, push, push. Yeah, me, yeah. Me and Daniel Ricardo are uh, right there. But, <laughs> so no, it was a good time. We had a great time. It was a good weekend and. Uh, you'll get to see uh, a little bit later on what I, uh, what, what else I did out when I was there. So. All right. Excited about that. Steve, over to you. How's it going, man? What's up? Uh, it's going pretty well. Going pretty well. I got to see, uh, I, I got a date night uh, with my wife this past weekend for the first time in, in eternity. Um, we went to go see the new John wick. It was a lot of fun. Lo- you know, it's, it's, we, we watched the movie and it just reminded me because, I, you know, I watch a lot of movies. It's one of the things I like to do when, you know, kids go to bed and I just have time to myself to just unwind and not have to listen to the same three kids TV theme songs over and over again. Uh, and it just it, I, I really appreciate when you've got a good, solid action movie that doesn't cut 80,000 times during an action sequence like the camera's static you can follow along what's going on they have to rely on you know choreography and and just doing everything right without fancy camera work or anything that was great it it was a good time um we really enjoyed it both of us um lots of fun action different you know different sound choices which were great like uh Natalie was particularly high on this uh, German club music that they had for one of the action sequences. And uh, yeah, she's been raving about that. She's like, I really need to know like what, what that music is. Like I've never was heard that a pun? It. Was that a pun? I Maybe. caught that. The, the she was raving part? about yeah. the German <laughs> club music. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. I think, no, it, I think it's called the dance of the Nogglesman. I think that's what uh, that song was called. <laughs> No, but great movie. Um, definitely <laughs> worth checking out uh, if you ever get a chance. Um, and then, you know, this week it's just been, you know, we finally decided to to contract to contact a contractor uh, to deal with, uh, you know, some our, our privacy screen off our uh, deck, which is hanging on by a thread and is probably one solid storm away from flying off into the neighbor's house um <laughs> probably want to get that fixed quickly um but otherwise you know this warm weather has just made me feel so much better about things which is kind of interesting considering how our football club is doing everything in their power to make the end of the season as miserable as possible uh. so yeah, that's an understatement for sure. Steve, <laughs> you just made me think of a couple things just really quickly. Um, yeah, this this warmer weather. And for for listeners, like we're talking, you know, getting out of the 20s and 30s and getting into the 40s and 50s. That's what we get excited about this time of year. And uh, those are Fahrenheit numbers, by the way. Um, like I went out, you know, working from home. Steve, you understand this. I, I man, my mornings tend to be more open than the rest of the day. So I'll try to, whether it's go to the grocery or just get on top of laundry or like whatever the stuff is that I try to get done other than work. Uh, one day this week I went outside and I picked up sticks in my yard and I just had fun like picking up sticks, which is a major issue after a winter of all the crap yesterday. I literally cut down like four medium sized trees that were like starting to infringe upon other things. It's like, Hey, these, these bastards are coming down, like being able to get outside and do all that. 
without freezing your butt off is is a, a good thing. And when the sky is blue, you're like, this is this is nice. I can feel the heat. The other thing oh, yeah. you, made me, you made me think of, Steve, uh, you talk about a date night. When our, when our kids were young, we lived in uh, Chicago suburbs at the time. And the town we lived in was a great town, had a fantastic downtown that I would basically describe as like Church Street cubed, like just tons of restaurants, tons of shops, just a really, really cool area in general. And the church that we attended um, was about five minutes from the downtown. On Wednesday nights, they would have like this kid programming. And so we would take our kids and drop them off on Wednesday nights. We're like, hey, date night, we're going to go hit a restaurant. We'll pick them up in two hours. And without fail, they'd always be like, hey, we're looking for volunteers. You know, would, would you be willing to hang around? It's like, nope, got, got plans. We'll, we'll see you. <laughs> We'll see you at 830. We'll talk to you later on. So yeah, I, I miss those uh just weekly built-in Wednesday date nights. That was a that was a good gig. With Davis, a young kid, trust me, stay on top of those, man. Like make Davis those happen. Ditching ditching out on the church that that is watching his children. Yes, that was what we did. And and it was for our marriage and it was a great call. So you know, it's all oh, it was it was for the marriage. It's that's absolutely true. Yeah. yeah. Like rela- relationship building, bonding over food and and shared experience. Yeah, wonderful. Having some peace and quiet. That, that too. Absolutely. <laughs> Don't worry. I, I put in enough time in other ways there. So, uh, you know, all, all good. I earned the date night. But hey, let's talk. Uh, let's let's share the the wild and crazy thoughts we have that are different from what every other podcast in the world has been saying about the uh, the state of, of Tottenham Hotspur. Anybody? You know, I do. I think I do have a thought that is probably different than most at least based on what i'm seeing online so an un, unclaimed hot take is what you're about to drop here is that is but that correct potentially an unclaimed right. hot take Let's hear um, i honestly do not give a shit about the stuff going on with prodigy i really don't you know people are making it out like oh well the club should have you know had foresight the club should have done that it's like does it change anything it really doesn't, right? Like, we're still going to have to hire a new manager. That's going to happen. You know, whether or not his input was, like, we were already seeing news stories earlier this week before this news broke that, you know, Levy had his list and Pranchi had his list and they were already in conflict because there were different profiles of managers. And, you know, at the end of the day, Levy's the one who's going to make the decision. So it's like... Mm-hmm. If he's the one making the decision, then who gives a fuck what happens to Prodigy? It's not like he was going to be that instrumental in getting that manager in. And, you know, outside of that, the transfer window doesn't open until the summer anyway. He had his appeal scheduled for mid-April. So, like, it's not like we're worrying about any transfer business happening right now. So I, you know, people want to make villains out of Levy out of the club and and try to find reasons to to pass the blame around. And maybe it's warranted to some capacity, but I just don't give a shit. It, it is meaningless to me. It's got that is like furthest from my mind mm-hmm. of things to care about right now. First and foremost is who we bring in for a manager. And honestly, if Paradici can't have a hand in that based on the profile manager that he was looking at, I think we're in a better spot. This is the dude who wanted to bring in Gattuso, right? Yeah. And I think, Mike, <laughs> so interesting, like, distinction there that I want to make, because, Steve, I totally agree with you. And, Mike, I agree with what you just said. I do think I could care less about Paradici and, and where he lands. But I will say, I think from a talent acquisition standpoint with players, when we look at what he did, Romero, um, Decky, Benton Kerr, Destiny, uh, Jed, you know, some of those are projects that haven't landed yet, but like there's, there's been, and some of them may have been Levy projects, right? We don't know where the, where the truth lies with all that, but I think he's good at identifying guys that can come in and help. And I would love to see him operating without the weird Conte influence, but I also don't care. Like, I think, I think that, on. yeah, well, I think that, I think that, that, okay. Yeah, we can move on, but I think that like, maybe I, I don't mean on the topic. I just mean, like maybe club, he was good at that because he bought, he bought Romero for, he bought Romero for, uh, for Nuno. Right. So that was the first thing. Um, but he also bought some pretty, some, some guys who didn't fit within the Conte system. I don't believe that he was working that closely with Conte. Uh, Basuma mm. was never going to work in Conte's system. I thought he might have been able to, but he, he there, it, like, 
if he's going to bring in guys, if he's going to go to work to bring in guys that one are going to be loaned out immediately. Yeah. Whether they needed to or not. Um, or two, bring in guys that that are never going to play, and he knows it. And Conte probably told him, well, "Bring him in, sure." He's never going to play. You know, it's crazy, Mike. I forgot about Basuma. How how nuts is that? Like, just yeah, well, lost and overlooked. Yeah, he's he's lost injured. and overlooked because it took him so long to get into the into the mm-hmm. team. And then when he did, he started to get better and better. And then, like, he had better performances week after week. Mm-hmm. And, and they got hurt. Just got hurt. Like. He would have been invaluable, invaluable when um, when Bentecker went down. Mm-hmm. Um, but then we maybe never ha- would have seen Skip. Um, so it's going to be important. He's I, I I don't know how much of a positive influence on the club that Prodigy was outside of of decking Bentecker. To be to be honest, uh, Romero's been there uh, and he gets injured a lot. Like so. Sure, these players are probably good, but they got they got to be able to work under a, a manager that that he, as the director of football, should have picked to work with the players. But now we just have like a this entire Conte project. We don't have a Conte team. We have a collection of players that it's like an island of misfit toys, is what it it's is. Like right? fucking, it's like fucking Chelsea. It's just like a <laughs> well, collection. It's like a collection of players. That we probably paid overpaid for. We probably overpaid for Pedro Poro, but we may not have gotten him, you know, otherwise. Um, we, you know, probably overpaid for Jed Spence, but that's we don't know what he could have brought. I mean, he he fucking you know bopped he bopped PSG on the head the other day, you know. He fucking he for all of his defensive, you know his shambles on the defensive side that we've heard about he uh he him and his club uh blanked psg right two two zero like and he played superb defense apparently like i didn't watch the game and i didn't see any highlights but you know from what i've read and so what i've heard jed spence shut down one of the one of the better clubs in the world you know on that side so you never you never know what these guys are going to bring destiny might fall on his face you know he, he who knows? Who knows? The other thing is like he didn't get the deals done to get rid of the the players that we actually have on our roster right now True. that we that we still actually employ and, and have loaned out. He didn't actually get rid of those dudes. He just loaned them out. He, he, made, made, he made them disappear from from our minds. Right. Right. Although, to be fair, who is spending money on in Dombele? I mean, based on the performances that he's we are. in, I mean, <laughs> well, yeah, up. that's the thing. Like, it, you would have to be stupid to spend money on him based on what mm-hmm. he did in his first shirt. I, you know, it's you're putting somebody up against the wall. You're asking for miracles there at that point. You know, I, I can't really blame him that much for it. Um, it was just shitty purchases in the past. It, you know, it's kind of like the Chelsea situation right now, right? They've got all these players in on huge deals over long periods of time. Any of them flop, they are fucked. They're in the same situation as we are. They're just going to have to keep loaning these guys out to get them mm-hmm. off the books. And honestly, with the wages that I'm sure they've promised them, they're going to end up paying for them anyway, whether they're at the club or on loan, they're still going to have to contribute it in some capacity. So Daniel, Daniel Levy uh, is arguably a smarter man than Todd Bowley though. Um, in the world, <laughs> in the world, well, in the world of, of, of uh, European football, you know, the, the world of world football, he's arguably a smarter man uh, business wise. I will say it, it is kind of rich though for the club to come and put out a statement about how they were completely blindsided by this uh, ban decision. Like I get that FIFA kind of stepped in before they had their, their day in court and, and pushed the ban worldwide. But to say that like, you just weren't expecting that at all. Like that just feels a little tone deaf to me. Like you really probably should have known that something might happen and have contingencies in place I, I just oh, they I, did. I don't get that. I, I I think they did. I think they did. Come on, I mean, that's that's silly. It's it's a silly <laughs> statement to make. And like, we as Spurs Spurs fans have seen it happen 
over and over and over again. And even before we were, you know, fans of the club, the the other fans of the club, previous years and previous, you know, owners, they see it over and over again, previous managers, all the same shit keeps happening over and over and over again. Um, Again, I don't believe in lock or curses, but I think Spurs might be actually cursed. There might actually be something to this. Um, what does the hamster of doom say about it? The hamster, the hamster of doom says twenty four to forty eight hours. Till what happens? Till till uh, we find news. out. Uh, we find out. We found out. We find out news about. I see you treading carefully there. I like. I like what you did. The the, ham, the hamster of doom is on his wheel, spinning right now. <laughs> spinning, not sleeping. Not sleeping, just spinning and spinning and spinning and hitting refresh and hitting refresh and text, right. text, text. And the hamster of doom will predict that within 24 to 48 hours, something will happen. Something will. Something. You guys know what I love about what the club did with uh, their statement about Conte? Um, if you're an <laughs> office, of doom. <laughs> if you're an office fan like like I am, and this is the American office, I tried the British office and um I had them. I made the mistake of knowing the American one inside and out before I watched the British one, which is the the wrong way to do it. But uh, there's a scene in like the later seasons where uh, Dwight's like aunt dies, or not a grandmother, but somebody older in the family dies, and one of the neighbors who uh, like the neighbor farmer whose daughter Dwight is sort of dating, and the farmer wants to like use Dwight to to buy a, a to share like a tractor purchase. I know this is just really random, but Steve's with me at least. Like I'm with you. I'm with you. He, he pulls up the to, office. He pulls up to the funeral, which is taking place in like a field. And he he like comments about the woman. He's like, you were five foot two, you had brown hair, you owned the largest plot of land after so and so. You lived, you know, 68 years. Like he just makes these really like matter of fact statements about her her existence. <laughs> That's what I loved about the Spurs statement about Conte. It's like all it said about him was the club achieved Champions League in his first year with the club. <laughs> and then it's like <laughs> we, it's like we wish we wish him all the best. Like damn, it was like an office funeral right there. It's like Dwight's Dwight's aunt passing away. All I can think of now is at, at the end of that when they start firing the guns. Yeah, Oscar's they do. just like, nope, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I've done enough. This is too much. <laughs> Precisely. Can't go wrong with a little office reference. Did you see the, um, now I, I don't, this is just a rumor, pure speculation. There's no, you know, I've, I've got nothing to back this up, but did you see that claim going around that uh, Romero and Richarlison went to the club and basically gave them the ultimatum to like get rid of Conte because they were uh, sick of him? No, I didn't see that. Where'd you read that? Uh, it was some journalist uh, who was reporting on it, who's apparently like really close to the, uh, you know, Argentine players, like he absolutely knows everything that goes on in, in Argentina's national team. Um, and I guess he came out and was like, yeah, Romero and Richarlison, they hate him. They wanted him gone and, and told the club as much. Because you know, it's I'm a well-known get... fact that the Argentines love, and the Brazilians for that matter, love mayonnaise and ketchup. <laughs> I, look, we got to give Richarlison credit for being the canary in the coal mine. Like he was the first one to publicly be like, this is bullshit. Like, I don't like the way he's doing things. Everybody else was towing the company line, but Richarlison spoke up, then he got hurt. Yeah. And then boom, it all, yeah, it one, all of the, uh, one of the comments in, in that um, translated article. So again, there might be some context lost, but basically Richarlison's beef was like, Conte, you know, tossed him to the wolves for saying I instead of we um, mm -hmm. when there were issues. And then when Conte was passing the buck in his, you know, explosive press conference, it was them, not me. They, not not I. Yeah, yeah for sure. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, point. we 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 can kind of surmise now who he was speaking out, uh, speaking about when he said, you know, players are selfish and, you know, they only think about themselves. And, and you know, it we. We understand that's probably Richarlison. He's talking about how you know, he's only he only cares about his individual plaudits because he came out and spoke out against me. Like it, it's it, it's the only thing I can think of because otherwise he's just trying to save his own skin. Um, 
how do you guys feel about this? I I am curious your take on the whole man the current managerial situation. I I'm content with Stellini and Mason writing this thing out, but I think it's really intriguing that most of his staff, except for his, except for his brother who left with him, everybody else stayed put. Like, what's what's your assessment on that? What does that what does that mean when it's all said and done? Don't don't overspeak each other, guys. Not all I, <laughs> you know, for me, it's yeah. it's people were clamoring for Stellini ball, you know, when we went on that little winning run uh during Conte's absence. I I want to see what it looks like when Conte is nowhere near the team. Um, you know, there's a part of me that thinks, you know, Stellini's been with Conte for so long that it's just gonna be Conte light, like we'll have the same tactics, same setup, same approach to the game, just without the explosive individual personality. Uh I would rather see something fresh, something new, um, or at least some passion in 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 the tactics or in the the players when they go out uh in our next game, but you know, I, I'm sort of reserving judgment. I, I think I honestly might have been happier if it was just Mason taking over, just because he's a known entity. I know what we're going to get, um, and that should be sufficient to see out the season. Having Stellini in there, that's more of an unknown. Like, are are, are we really getting any improvement, or are we just going to see a, a more of the same? And you know, maybe the players are a little happier because they don't have somebody like Conte up their ass all day. I, I don't even I, so I, I don't think that we're gonna we're gonna see anything different. Um I think we're gonna just try and see out the season, um, hopefully work hard enough and get some sort of bounce um to hopefully keep fourth, maybe fifth place. Um you know, that said, like Stellini, we were we are under under the assumption that like when Stellini took over in Antonio's uh, absence, that that Antonio was still making making the team sheet. Um, he was giving instruction to Stellini, you know, via fucking Skype or whatever it is, whatever it is he was using. Um, he was giving halftime talks, post game talks. He called Harry Kane. We saw that. Um, you know, I think that Stellini might have a, he might have a new lease on life here. It might, it might give him an opportunity, uh, to be a football coach outside of, um, you know, outside of what Antonio Conte does. Um, and he, that might be a, a breath for him. Maybe he wants to show his worth here at Tottenham. Maybe he likes it here. Um, that's not to say that I want Stellini, but I think it, it it's very, very telling that they got rid of Antonio Conte, but did not get rid of Antonio or, uh, Christian Stellini or any of the other staff mm-hmm. that went along. So that that tells us it's not a tactics thing. It's not a it's 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 not the style of play that got him fired. It was him that got him fired. Mm-hmm. And it's also very telling that Stellini didn't get and Stellini and the rest of the staff didn't go. All right, Antonio's gone. We're the fuck out of here. Just like Jose Mourinho yeah. did. Yeah. Right. 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 His staff followed him out the fucking door. Yep. So Daniel Levy gave Stellini the opportunity to take this team and said, you and Ryan do your thing. Uh, you know, to make another office reference, Ryan Mason is now the, uh, <laughs> The assistant to the regional manager. manager. (laughs) Although props to, uh, I think it was extra inch. I was listening to highlighted that Mason's partner is like due to give birth in like two, three weeks. And that there's a, there's a hypothesis that um, Mason was the guy, but because of that impending, like logical parental leave that they needed to have, you know, uh, uh, another uh, hand to go with, uh, with Mason. So there's that piece. Here's a question for you guys. So let's imagine 10 games left. Let's say that we see a uh, slight change in approach of those 10 games. Spurs win five, draw three, lose two. And the players seem happy. The energy levels are up and there's kind of like a, yeah, this, this went well. Um, We like Christian. We like Christian Stellini. Could you get behind 
Christian Salini as the next coach, or is it just like, nope, got to move on. It's got to be something fully different. What's that look like to you? I think it's a, I think it's a disaster waiting to happen. How come? Honestly, I, I, I just, I just think that like, he doesn't, he doesn't have the experience necessary as a, as a manager, a head coach to, um, to do the job. And I, and I think we've seen it in the past at, in, in, at Tottenham, you know, giving a caretaker manager, uh, the the spot how many managers has has uh levy appointed i think it's like, like 20 22 or something crazy like that it's a crazy number i i, I don't know if it's that but i mean nobody stayed like nobody stayed more than a, a year except for like what Poch. pochettino <laughs> yeah. um but how many and it, 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 there are what two or three caretaker managers that that uh, got hired. So, I mean, it's, I, I think, it's, I think it's a bad idea to hire a caretaker manager at Tottenham uh, specifically. Um, and not, not necessarily because of the past, but because of the fact that we need a change in, in, um, in attitude, we need a change in styles, that kind of thing. And, and I don't necessarily think that Christian Stellini is going to be the guy to do that. Um, I think he's probably a very nice guy. I think the I think the players uh, seem to like him. I, I I've been reading lots of stuff on that, but um, I just I just don't think it is the right time for him. Um, and I don't think it's the right time for Ryan Mason either. Ryan Mason, like he needs to coach at a championship level or something, maybe even lower or in, in, in another European system. Um, you know, he just kind of got thrown into shit too. With the Jose thing, we have we'll keep him we'll keep him around so we can just keep firing coaches until we find the right one, so he can caretake and then move on. You know, to to another position within the club. But it's just it's I don't think it's I think it's a recipe for disaster for this club. We need you to know, find we need to find a manager. Move. No, I, I mean. It's like it's like the backup quarterback role on an NFL team, right? Like you can have a 15 year career and never really have to do anything. Just be that be that assistant coach who's always the caretaker manager. Like you got a you got a good gig there. I'm thinking it's a it's a safe yeah. play. Sure, Jeff Hostetler won a Super Bowl, but I mean, what did he do after that? I don't know. You know? Why, don't you, why don't you look him up and see what he, he was? Doing? He was the care. He was the caretaker after. Uh, yeah, no, he went to Washington and it, his career died. Well, that's because he went to Washington. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Which is which is why we should not go after Lamar because we don't we don't need to kill Lamar. I mean he's a, he's a wonderful quarterback. It'd be a close trip for him though, right? That's that's where quarterback. Yeah, but Washington is where quarterbacks go to die. So <laughs> very very true. Except for Doug Williams, the last good Washington quarterback. Uh, Jay Schrader. Jay Schrader, nice no, shot there. But no, the the actual was Mark Rippon. He won uh, the Super Bowl. Uh, yeah, Brad Johnson was also a good quarterback for us, and RG three would have been phenomenal if not for uh, um, a, a coach who, who shall not be named. All right. Fair enough. Steve, Antonio what are you thinking Conte. about in this moment? Antonio <laughs> Conte. It's Conte's fault. Their RG3's knee went out. <laughs> that tracks. That tracks. What am I thinking about, Dave? I'm thinking it's about time we ask a very certain somebody. A very it's about damn time. <laughs> listen, listen to Mike. He's been, he's been listening to the radio. That's my little Lizzo right there. Yeah. I love awesome. I, I wonder Steve, if Steve, what would the, the question to the certain someone be if you were going to ask it? If I were to ask, uh, well, now I just I, I want to know if Lizzo is going to make an appearance. You know, maybe that's something we need to get working. I guarantee we'd be the only football pod in the world to have Lizzo on. That, that would be a score. If either of you guys have a hookup. No, Absolutely but I, I would. I'm I would. not that cool. <laughs> I just told you how I free how I froze up over like Mike Gordon sitting next to me. Yeah, true. And I've you met have, Mike Gordon like six or seven times. You have you have no game, Mike. You really have no no game at all when it comes. To I would I would freeze the fuck up over Lizzo. <laughs> <laughs> I love that girl so much, and I love her music. Oh uh, my god! Oh my god! Know, I would I would wet my pants and cry probably. So since obviously we don't have um, a special musical guest in Lizzo coming on this show, I guess the <laughs> the only thing to tie our fan on YouTube over and, and our dozens of listeners uh, who, who 
catch this the next day or, or day and a half after we uh, post this is uh, figuring out, hey, Mike, what you drinking? Hey, Steve. Love it when you ask that question. <laughs> You'd love it even more if we had Lizzo on asking you that question. God damn it. That'd be fucking dope. You know, now you have that song on my head too. I can't get it out of my head. This might, yeah. I think we might call this one the Lizzo episode. I, I'm kind of feeling a, you know, Lizzo. I mean, about damn time also works as a about good episode time. title. <laughs> that that does have some connections. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Uh, so today, guys, <clears throat> this is what I was talking about before. On the way down, um, on the way down, we left early in the morning. Went down to Massachusetts for the tournament. Uh, we didn't need to meet anybody for we had like a team dinner at, later on in the evening so we needed to get the kids food they were hungry and i said to amy i was like find a brewery because <laughs> you know me find a brewery that has food and she was like there's this place called spyglass right in nashua and i was like okay cool so, uh i said does it have food and she says i don't know i said well <laughs> we're going there anyway now that you've said it we have to go um so we went there and this place was fucking cool um on our instagram i did a little hey mike right from right from that brewery this place is like unabashedly like they don't give a fuck that anybody that anybody would ever say anything about them making only ipas they had like two Mm. beers that weren't ipas that i one of them i just drank which was a black lager it was fantastic called tavern beer, but um, they don't give a shit. They're just like, we like our beers hazy. Fuck you. If you don't like it, that was basically nice. it. And I love that. And their beers were outrageous, outrageous. I haven't tried this one yet. Uh, this one is called vortex. It's kind of cool. It's got a little water, water spout there. Nice. Thing. I like it. Yeah. 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 Um, it's a new England double IPA. And like I said, if they don't care, I don't care. Um, we're doing another IPA. It says keep cold at all times. And it says uh, live beer, drink fresh. It doesn't have any other fun stuff on there. That's it. Spyglass Brewing Company. It's brewed with uh, Citra, Mosaic, and Eldorado hops. Wow. In the Whirlpool. And it's dry hopped as well. Yeah. Um, like in a washing machine? No, when it, when it starts to brew when it starts to boil no i get it yeah okay, okay. whirlpool is also a brand that's the joke <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah i only have ge in my house so it's also the place mike hangs out at the at the hotel when they go for uh soccer tournaments over the weekend right no actually what happened hey kids like, i'll be in the whirlpool the, the uh, holy shit it smells good um, the kids all like immediately ran to the pool, right? We got there early enough and all the kids ran to the pool and like all the moms like were in the pool area and they had a bottle of wine and uh, they made Amy finish the bottle of wine out of the bottle, <laughs> you know, cause we're all at the hotel. We're having fun. And uh, they said, uh, Hey, uh, the other dads are out at the hotel bar right now. So I was like, honey, I'll see you later. Nice. So I went out, I went out and we hung out and had a few beers. And then that night we uh, had some dinner at a wonderful Mexican Mexican restaurant. And I had some um, amazing tacos. That sounds good. With blue corn tortillas. And I mm. put that up on, uh, on the discord, the extra inch discord. Uh, this beer is hazy. I can see it. Yeah. It looks like orange oh. juice. Ooh, it yeah. looks like uh, old orange juice actually would be the, the color <laughs> I would describe it as. Hey, Mike, it before smells- you- it smells so good. It looks like it does. Before you dig into that, can I tell you a quick quick story? Um, when I say the the double tree in Burlington, can you guys picture the one I'm talking about? It's the hotel kind of right there by the hospital and the and UVM campus. I, I park there every day. That's where yeah. my shuttle. That's where my shuttle picks me up. So when uh, you remember a few weeks back, um, we were recording and I had to like I showed up late and then I had to bounce and then I came back in. Like that's where I was staying for for that that at that particular moment. And uh, it was the weekend that Steve, I saw you at Mike's house, just to give you a frame of reference. So I was inside there with my son, Nate, and uh, you know, that, that has like a big indoor pool and it's got, you know, a bar and a little restaurant area. And, and we were walking past the pool and he was like, man, look at that. And I said, 
I said, dude, you got to understand when I was a kid, they used to have these things, they called them holodomes. Holiday Inn had like these holodomes, which had a big indoor pool. And I said, my family, we would just go to that for vacation. Like that was fun. That was a big deal. And no lie, my my son looks at me, he's like, man, dad, your your childhood sounds bleak. <laughs> I was like, but we were happy, you know, we were happy just to go to the, the cheap holiday inn pool. But yeah, it's just funny. My childhood was bleak, right? Right. That's that's hilarious. Uh, I honestly think like that's half the drop for these kids when they go to these tournaments. Like, is to go to the dumb pool, right? The the hotel have a pool. Does it actually have one that's going to work this time? Nice. Last last uh, year we went to a tournament and the the hotel claimed that the pool wasn't working, which is fucking bullshit because they knew that there were going to be three thousand children at this hotel. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Sorry, it's closed. There were like three different tournaments, three different sports. You know. We're all out of chemicals. Sorry, kids. <laughs> they just didn't want to deal with it. The pool's broken. Uh, God, this smells so fucking good. I can't wait for this. Go for it. Looks good. Citra is my favorite hop, and Mosaic uh, really makes a juicy IPA. So, you know, while he's digging into that, I will say we got to enjoy a pool this weekend too. You did? Uh, oh yeah, we've got uh, just this last year. Um, they opened up a year round pool, uh, like a block and a half away from my house. Um, so during the winter time, they put a big dome up over it. Um, it's heated, you know, everything we went. Is it like a community rec, like, uh, almost park district type of thing? Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. No, it was great. Great time. Isaac loved it. At one point we got like a snow squall coming in. So I was standing next to, uh, one of the emergency exits, just like, you know, in a swimsuit, soaked from head to toe, watching it snow outside. Like, this is just all sorts of fucked up, but I love it. It was such a good time. Next, when, time, when you go, kid, next time you go, you have to tell me because I, I, I want to go to that place. My kids have been there. But when I was a kid in my, <clears throat> my bleak childhood, the town I lived in had the world's first indoor wave pool. And so that was like a big, big thing. And, you know, it was a big place to hang out. The problem was they designed this really cool wave pool, but they didn't account for the ventilation needs of a pool that's constantly churning and like stirring up all the, all the uh, chlorine in the air. And so like you would go into this place and you would leave with like bronchial issues. You know what I mean? Like you'd leave, (laughs) you'd leave hacking and unable to breathe. And so your eyes bugging out of your head. Totally. Yeah. It it closed a lot sooner than it probably should have, but they, uh, they really struggled with the chlorine. Mike, did we give you enough time to uh, Uh, do an assessment? Um, Yeah. This beer is fucking evil. Oh, it's so good. I'm going to drink another one. uh, Right now. In in a few minutes. (laughs) As we speak. I'm going to, I'm going to have another sip of it and I'm going to tell you what I, what I think. All right, give Steve and I a second to calibrate our our decisions. I've already told you that I like it. Yeah, like so it. that that gives me a, a bottom end. So, yeah, all right. yeah. So, um, unlike a lot of hazy IPAs, when you pour them, uh, there's no sediment coming out of this. Hmm. Um, yeah, there's nothing like settling in the bottom of the glass, but maybe I just haven't let it settle enough. Um, this beer's really, really good. It's tasty it's juicy it's not like it's like orange juice it is it's it's like orange juice maybe mixed with grapefruit juice it's wild it's got like wave after wave of flavor like when you're swallowing it from like the second that you put it on your lips it's so good when it hits the lips um it's it's (laughs) so good when when it goes across your lips um, you know, when you sorry, said sorry that, about the old school reference <laughs> when you said that the person that i had on my mind was guy fieri so that visual was like okay well that was a that was a that was a will ferrell old that's school. a will ferrell no he's like this he's like <laughs> so that's that's uh that's what i'm getting from this man i love this beer um my previous favorite beer uh was from a brewery in portsmouth new hampshire this might be my new favorite oh wow we're into favorite level here steve yeah man i mm. want more i want this more of this it's gonna be tough he wants more of this yeah like how high do you go that's the, but that's like, the question it, it's like eight percent alcohol so it's like it's it's fucking evil man like yeah you can't get into too many of these or you're going you know i'm just pulling the trigger on a day I've, you're I've going gotta... straight down the fucking vortex like you're in your toilet Steve, it's almost like we're doing like prices right bids. You know what I mean? Like, that, like you, yours? you, you get everything up, up 
there and I get everything there. That's, yeah, that's Dave's like thinking. Dave's like five hundred ninety eight dollars, and then Steve's like turn one hundred ninety eight and <laughs> one dollar, one dollar, one dollar. Yeah, and one penny. <laughs> Dave, your selection is what I originally went with. Yeah, and then I just felt like I needed to make a slight change to it. Well, thanks for giving me room to make that same selection. You know, that was really, really kind of you. I like that. I'm curious now. What do we have, Mike? 4.6. Oh, (laughs) damn it. I should have stuck with what I had. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. I thought maybe 4.6 for his new favorite beer would have been a little too low. I, I kicked it to 4.7. I get the thinking. I get it. Yeah. Steve kicked it to 4.7. Oh, he did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, I mean, my favorite beers, like my, like Focal Banger is one of my favorite beers of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, But like that, that gets like a 4.9, you know, like a favorite beer of all time gets a 4.9. Like this is one of my new favorites. I didn't say it was my very, very favorite. Um, Mike, tell me the the brewery and the name of it just once more real quick. uh, It's Spyglass Brewing, uh, Spyglass Brewing Company. They're in uh, Nashville, New Hampshire. And it's cool. It's like, you got to go through this industrial park. It's like way up on a hill and you just keep climbing and climbing and climbing. Mm. It's like in the fucking clouds. And uh, which Lizzo song are you going with today? <laughs> no, but wait, it's called Vortex, right? It's called Vortex. Vortex yeah. yeah. It's a New England double IPA. Yeah. Which Lizzo song? Which Lizzo song? Because it's uh, about damn time. I'm not doing it. Um, <laughs> oh, I got a good one. So I got a good one. Uh, Holy Diver by Ronnie oh. James Dio. Yeah, that's a good one. Right. Holy diver. Yeah, man. Fucking great tune. Um Mike, Mike is feeling it. He's he's gonna polish this off, Steve, and get deep into another one and get be he's gonna be shit canned within 20 minutes as we wrap up. You this know thing. what that song's about though, right? It's, no, go ahead. No, it's okay. Well, it that, <laughs> I love that song. Um <laughs> Dio's one of my one of my favorite all times, and I will say he is right up there uh with Ozzy if you're if you're going Black Sabbath. Um but he has got. He's also got a band called that he was in uh, called Rainbow. It was a fantastic band. But Holy Diver is about um, Jesus Christ descending into hell um, after the crucifixion. That's unpleasant. Yeah. <laughs> that is fucking unpleasant, right? <laughs> you want to talk about this beer is as evil as that shit. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. So this this beer is your descent into hell, is what you're telling me. I, I think it'd be a little bit more heavenly in terms of the way it makes you feel. No, I, I think I think more than two of these is, is that you're trouble. It's trouble. Something's getting broken or burnt is what you're telling me. It's like it's like a, that first gin and tonic on a fucking hot summer day. You're finishing that fucking bottle. You know, you are. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. This this is this is yeah great stuff. I love it. Um, and I will be going back there. The thing is, like Amy was like uh, when we chose this place, uh, she's like, it gets five stars. I say, yes, a lot of shit gets fucking Walmart gets five stars on fucking Google, you know. But uh, this place was cool. The food was good. The fries, fries were fantastic. Um, yeah, like everything about the place was 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 awesome. And also they had one of those shuffleboard things. Have you seen that? You know what I'm talking about? The big, long shuffleboard. Yeah, tables yeah. sure. The metal with the metal pucks. My son, like straight off the fucking tip like was just like boom great at it <laughs> i hear they give scholarships for college for uh for shuffleboard playing i don't know if they do but i'll tell you what he might be able to get into a frat with that fucking with that nice. with that skill so he might he might be the president as a freshman i don't know that's not possible is it dave you're a frat boy uh probably not possible and, and yes i am and then yeah, yeah. proud of it mike i do have to say this <laughs> Hey, props props to Amy like right like my wife Beth is a really cool really cool person we are on the same wavelength on things all the time but she would eventually probably be like David another another brewery like do we whereas you're like hey Amy find us a brewery to go to and she she makes it happen and picks she, good uh, ones, she so. likes props to Amy she's a wine drinker but she likes breweries like our, our thing used to be like we would just go to breweries we'd drop the kids off at Nana's house or drop the kids off at Grammy's house and then we would drive around and go to breweries um and you know that 
doesn't allow for a lot of actual drinking, but it does allow for some <laughs> tasting and, and some sure. buying and some buying of beers. And it, but it's fun going from brewery to brewery and finding out where they are, finding a little bit about the town that they're in, that kind of stuff. Because the town will kind of inform you what kind of brewery they are, yeah. what kind of beers they make. It's really cool. I, I I love the whole thing, and 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 my wife is an absolute saint. In fact, she did just tell me that I should go to Jazz Fest um, in New Orleans because my friend James lives down there. And I have a free place to stay. And she did say that I should go fly to LA to go see fish at, at the Hollywood Bowl. Um, she said I should do that. That's that's pretty cool. I don't know if she's tricking me. <laughs> <laughs> Are you willing to take that chance? I don't know. I, yeah, I really don't a, know. That's a tough call. Let us know what you decide. Yeah. Curious. I, well, I'm not, I'm not, I would, I would go with one. I wouldn't go with both. Like, yeah. Limit what yourself do you do? to at do least you, one. Yeah. Do you go to jazz fest and see like 20 fucking bands? Well, like, I'll tell you the food is better in New Orleans, in my opinion. So well, the, the problem is the a, second, the second weekend of jazz fest is would probably not be possible because of the fact that we have a special guest coming on. Aha, understood. Well, you could, you could do it from a remote location and just, uh, just be a train wreck, you know. Steve and I can carry the mantle for you. I'm not going. To, I'm not going to fucking New Orleans and and potting. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Shit. I got to take a break for an hour to. Yeah. Did you see what? Podcast. I, yeah. I don't know if you. I don't know if you listen to like Two Bears One Cave. But, yes, uh, I have. I have. Yeah. 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 Kreischer, Kreischer did a thing with Adam Devine. Might not be a good idea to to, to podcast during a a trip to New Orleans. So very good. All right, let's. All right, well, hey, that was the longest. That was the longest episode of Hey Mike. So that's been Spyglass Breweries uh, Vortex, Mike's new favorite ish beer, uh, four point six. Dave nailed the rating, and uh, yeah, well done, man. Steve was Steve was right there as well. Steve, over to you. Uh, what's on your mind right now as we uh, enter the? We've rounded third base. We're heading towards home. Are you in the you corner? Are you in the corner? Nobody put Stevie in a corner. Mm. No, I'm just not anymore. I've Not got anymore. one primary focus, just get Nagelsmann in. That's all I want. That's the only thing that I ask yeah. of this club right now. Yeah. He's available, young. He's, you know, one of those guys who, who if we don't get him, he's obviously going to go to another big team and we're just going to watch them succeed and wonder what would have been. Um, he'd be a great, great addition if we can get him. Um, and honestly, I, like, you look at all the lists that um, are being circulated around of potential managerial candidates. He's, in my opinion, head and shoulders above the rest of the list. I mean, there's some good alternatives for sure, but I, I say, you know, screw whatever's going on with Piranichi. Don't focus on that at all. Levy and, and Joe Lewis and everybody else on the Spurs board. Yeah. Go all in on this one guy. If it blows up at least at least you tried something that I think like 99% of the fans can get behind. Right. Like, right. You did what everybody wanted you to do. Right. Like that, that would be the, the saving win, grace. Win or lose. At least you did something Ooh. that is going to be a, a net positive in the fans' minds. The worst thing I think Levy can do is miss out on Nagelsmann, hire somebody who then fails right? Regardless of whether or not they're set up to succeed, regardless of whether or not they were the best option, if it's not Nagelsmann, it's going to blow up in his face. He 100%. needs to be very careful about this appointment. And look, I, I, I get it. If you wait until summer <clears throat> and you've got clubs like PSG or, or Real Madrid coming in for him as well, it's going to be very difficult to pick him up when when that's your competition i get that but if you don't go all in for him and we end up with somebody else and you know it, it might go over well anyway but you know with the way that you know i've seen fans clamoring for him online i know my own personal biases are, are like all in on nagelsman we missed out on him once going to Bayern. like this is this is the time to rectify that like go right. all in get him if it fails, at least you've got the good faith of the fans. Cause I, you know, 
even the the most adamant levy in crowd are starting to turn on him and, and recognize like he is not bringing us past the plateau you know he's got us to a certain point we've peaked and we're not getting over that and people are going to start clamoring for him to you know get sacked to resign to leave his post unless he does something that is unanimously approved by by the spurs fan base and i think nagelsman is the no-brainer there so that said steve um if you were to assign a percentage of likelihood that that nagelsman deal gets done what percentage do you think um based on the current situation today i honestly think it's got to be 75 80 percent if if we get to the end of the season and PSG decides that they're going to part ways with Gaultier. If Real Madrid decides, you know, Ancelotti is going to Brazil, mm-hmm. um, we need a new coach. Then I think you start looking at like 40% or lower, you know, it gets that much more difficult. Yeah, um, yeah. And that's why it's so important. Like he doesn't need to start right away. You know, I, we've got Stellini and Mason to see out the last 10 games, but like start those conversations, you know, get him sold right. get, on the project. Get the deal done. Yeah, get it done. He's and, he's and gone. He's gone. So like he's been he's been well effectively parted ways with Byron. So like we can we can fuck around with him. Like we mm-hmm. can talk, we can talk, we can do whatever we want. There's no there's no uh rules being broken. If we talk to him, we get him in. Um, it'll be similar to the situation that United were in with Ten Hag, Um, you know, so um, I would say that Levy would be smart just to get him in now. Um, The thing about Nagelsmann is that like that dude. So we, we've seen in the past, like we saw, we, if we don't get Nagelsmann in or um, at least get a shot at Deserby, we're going to end up in a city. I don't think Gallardo is a chance. There's a chance that he's coming. Um, I just don't think he's proven enough, you know, uh, on a world stage. Um, but I think that if we don't go after somebody like Nagelsmann, who we have a shot at talking to right now, um, or and then we don't get to Zerbian, we're gonna end up in a situation where we settle for somebody like Nuno again. And Nuno tried to pull that shit in his first, you know, press conference. Uh, that that he he basically looked at like old videos of Pochettino, right? We're gonna make you happy. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna make you proud again. Make you proud, yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Like that 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 bullshit that that he tried to pull, and we knew that as fans that Nuno wasn't the guy, right? but we tried to convince ourselves of that. Mm-hmm. We try to convince uh, our, our podcast listeners of that, that it was like, he's the guy. Sure. Yeah. He's doing this and this and this, but we knew all along. Um, I, I think that like, we have to, we have to look at this pragmatically, but at the same time, we have to, we have to be very, uh, we have to be very critical of, of the, of, of Levy this time. Okay, I think we have to we have to get somebody like Nagelsmann. He's young, he's very smart, he plays crazy attacking football, and like he's like he doesn't give a fuck what anybody thinks, right? But he also is is willing to change his system if he has to to suit the players that he has. And the fact that like Byron sat there and said, You're not doing enough is crazy to me it blew my fucking mind that they're one point off uh, obviously like Byron has got the fucking league wrapped up usually by now by now by like fucking probably a month ago Byron's usually got the league wrapped up but like they've they've endured injuries they've endured like lots lots of fucking uh they have domestic cups that they're in they have the champions league there that they're in where, where the champions league is more competitive this year than it has been in years. Um, Byron doesn't, I don't understand why they, they got rid of him to go to somebody like Tuchel. It drives me nuts. It really does. So I just, I just, I think that Nagelsmann is, is the right move right now for us because he's young, he's smart. 
He plays attacking football the way that Daniel Levy wants, knows that we want people to, to, you know, we want our managers to play. Um, bye, Steve. I love you. Um, he's had enough of my shit. He did. I didn't see the chat. He just disappeared. He's like, fucking like, oh, deuce. crap. <laughs> deuces from Steve. He's like, I gotta go do it. I gotta you know, go do you know, another Michael, podcast. Right. On what you're talking about, though, like, imagine if, uh, imagine if they hadn't parted ways with Nagelsman. We'd be talking about Tuchel right now. We'd be talking about him as, is, is, are, are we going to do that whole thing? You know, I, I'm, from what I understand, like, you know, my reading comprehension is not the greatest, but <laughs> from what I've read, like we were fucking like minutes away from like signing that dude. Yeah, that, that's not good. It's not good. I'm I'm glad he's in Germany. Like I let, said, dude, he's a fucking he's a like a he's a nose picker. <laughs> that's right. He's a fucking weird dude. I don't like him. Hey, what do you got on uh some some closing thoughts to wrap us up? Anything else on your mind? Uh, my closing thoughts are these. Like, um, I think it's important that we get a manager in soon but at the same time i do you mean in or named what uh be be more specific what do you think no 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 like named Uh, obviously obviously they've already said that he uh that ryan mason and stellini are gonna take take the reins and go with it you know that's like (laughs) that's like in baseball it's like your pitching coach and your and your and your and your uh assistant manager taking over right it's like, you know, Alex Cora gets fired. You got fucking... like the first base coach and the pitching coach. Yeah, what are we <laughs> gonna do today, huh? <laughs> hey, uh, how about this guy's a starting pitcher? What are you guys? <laughs> let's go out and let's play ball. Let's, yeah, let's yeah, just yeah. play ball. Have fun, guys. Yeah, just play ball. Have fun. Um, <laughs> I think it's gonna be a new lease on life for for the players. I, I I think it's gonna be great. It's not gonna be great for Harry Kane. It's not gonna be great. Um, I don't think Harry. If we have an opportunity to sell Harry Kane in the summer, we're gonna sell Harry Kane. Uh, especially if he wants to go, we have him for another year if we want him. But if you force him to stay rather than work with Harry Kane, he's going. Mike on the Mike on the blasphemy bandwagon with me. I I like where you're going with that. No, I mean, like you got, I said last week, I said, we need to sell Harry Kane. You guys, if he wants to, well, no, if he wants to go, you have to sell him. If he wants to go and you can get the money for him, you have to sell him. But if I, I, I don't want to hire another manager right now just to appease Harry Kane. It hasn't worked. Nope. This shit hasn't fucking worked. Nope. Harry, Harry Kane liked Conte. Harry Kane liked Jose. Like, I don't know if he liked, you know, he probably didn't like Nuno. Nobody liked Nuno. I, I, I think Nuno. Nuno looked, he did hold out for a good chunk of he looked Nuno's cool. uh, Nuno tenure, looked, right? Yeah, he did. Right? Yeah. yeah. HK, HK10. HK, HK Florida the, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, I just think that I think that right now we have to. This is a time that Tottenham fans have to be kind of. We have to be a little patient, you know, we're an impatient bunch because trophies, 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 trophies. Dude, we're one of the top fucking five, six teams in the world's best league right now which makes us one of the top 12 teams in the world. Mm-hmm. At least, at the very least. Trophies mean a lot to fan bases, but they only mean a lot because social media and because and because the bullshit tabloids in fucking Britain tell us that they mean a lot. We're sitting in fourth right now. We're probably not going to end up there, but that right now, who fucking cares? Let's get a manager in that wants a project that wants the challenge of taking a team that that was put together for a purpose, but not on purpose. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they weren't they were put together for Conte, but like Conte didn't want to like use them in a system properly. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys like Parasit who didn't work out, like that kind of shit. Like that bothers me. And he was played and played and played and played and played. Uh, I think that we need to find a manager that's going to fit the players that we have, get rid of the players that that are sitting out there on loan in places, make some money back and take some time and be patient with this because uh, a Deserby, uh, a 
a Nagelsmann, um, Gallardo, or whomever else, Poch, even if Poch comes back, I love you, Pochettino, but um, I don't want you back. I, I, I don't want you to ruin your ruin your legacy. Um, but I, I honestly think that we just need to be patient, and that's that's my final word. Be patient. I like it. I like it. Yeah, that's it, man. We're all done. We're, Good we're work done. tonight. We're done. So listeners, we appreciate you. Steve, we miss you already. And uh, Mike, if we're wrapping up, what would uh, what would be the last thing you'd say? Uh, the last thing we would say is uh, be safe, everyone. And you got a quiz, 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 quiz. Do you want me to do it? I mean, Lucas is probably not with us anymore, so. I, I think we should keep it. Even when Lucas is gone, I think we should keep it. Okay. Um, I can tell you that my cursor is not working on my computer right now. So what you're saying is you're not going to be able to end the recording and we're going to have another 38 hour recording. It could be. It could be. Uh, Quiz, 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 quiz. And be safe, everyone. Bye.